You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Uh, Psalm 116. I, I try, uh, I try to, to do my best uh, as the uh, pastor of this church. And of course, we're blessed with assistant pastors, Brother Nathan, Brother Dan. And uh, we're blessed with a great staff, great church members. And I do my best as a pastor. I do my best as a preacher. Uh, sometimes I, I'll go to a preacher's meeting or a preacher's conference and I'll hear somebody preach and I'll say, what in the world am I doing, you know? And, uh, but that's just life, right? You know, and if you compare yourself uh, with everybody else, uh, you're always going to find somebody that will discourage you. And uh, you just be the best that God would have you to be. Amen. Well, last uh, Sunday morning, Miss uh, Grace Lucas, uh, she said she was asking in her Sunday school class, and Micah's in the Sunday school class, and uh, she was asking uh, the children, she said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And so they were going around uh, the room and talking to the, the different children. And she got to Micah and Micah said, nothing. <laughs> Great. And I thought, and this is the way my mind works. I thought Miss Grace was going to say that Micah said, that's all my dad does is nothing, you know. And uh, thankfully, that's not what he said. But uh, what he did say was pretty hilarious. And so she said, Micah, no, what do you want to be when you grow up? He said, nothing. And then he said, just a preacher. <laughs> and I thought that was, that was good. And uh, no big deal, though. And, uh, but uh, that cracked me up. And you know, you, know, you know what we are? We're nothing. But it's amazing that God would use us to do something for him. And I hope you never lose sight of that. You know, what you did for the Lord today, it mattered. What you did for the Lord this past week, uh, it, it, it mattered. What you're going to do for the Lord this week, it matters. It makes a difference. And uh, you don't have to worry about what everybody else thinks. You just please the Lord. You give him your best. And uh, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Just give God your best and he'll take care of all of the details and all the rest uh, that goes along with it. Psalm 116 in your Bibles, we started this last Sunday night. I was going to uh, go a different direction for tonight with the Lord's Supper. But as I continued studying, I, I really I felt impressed to finish this psalm. And I think you'll see why in a moment. We're getting to verse number 15. And in Psalm 116, verse number 15, this is a verse that uh, we will quote many times at funerals. Uh, but I don't think this verse needs to wait for a funeral to be reminded of this fact. Notice what it says in verse 15. Precious, prized, valuable in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Isn't that powerful? We look at death as a loss and we look at death as a sorrow, but God views it as precious. It's valuable. As a matter of fact, it says in Isaiah 53 verse 10, and I cannot explain this verse to you. Don't ask me after church to explain it because I cannot explain it. I can't figure it out. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 verse number 10 that it pleased God to bruise his son. Isaiah 53 is the passage of scripture that says, all we like sheep are gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Isn't that amazing to think that the heavenly father 
He, when he saw his son bruised and beaten and crucified, the Bible says it pleased the father. Say, so, oh no, remember that, that, that the Bible says that, that, that the father turned his back and went, that, that doesn't say that, but I believe because of the darkness over the face of the earth, I believe that's probably what happened because God could not look upon sin and the sin of the world was on his son. But it, it never says that God turned his back on his son. He turned his back on the sin. God loved his son, his only begotten son. But somehow it pleased God for his son to be bruised for you and for me. I don't like to see my children hurt at all. As a matter of fact, there's times where uh, I'll see it coming. You know, you see them getting ready to fall and you're there to try to catch them. You, you want to prevent it. But God didn't stop his son from being crucified. He let him go. And then it says it pleased the father to bruise his son. Verse number 15, it says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And we'll get to that in just a moment, but let's pray. And we'll jump into the, the message for tonight. Lord, we need you. I pray you'd speak to us and give us exactly what we need. In the time we're together tonight, I thank you for this psalm. I thank you for what it has meant to me and how it has helped me in these last few weeks. And I pray that you'd help it to be a blessing to the folks here tonight. I thank you for your people and their faithfulness. Thank you for the sweet service we've already had. We pray that you would now give us exactly the truths that we're going to need this week to face the world, the flesh, and the devil. Give us encouragement. Uh, give us help. Uh, give us uh, the, uh, the, 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 the grace that we need for the burdens that we will carry this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We, last uh, Sunday evening, we got through uh, verse number 6, and we gave an outline. I gave you an outline for those uh, first few verses. We gave a number of 1 through 6. I want you to look quickly tonight. I want you to look at verse number 9, and I want you to see what the psalmist says. He says, I will walk before the Lord... In the land of the living. If you're taking notes, number seven in this psalm, we see the psalmist references the land of the living. You say, what in the world is that? Well, that's the land that we're in right now. <laughs> if you're breathing, you are in the land of the living as opposed to the land of the dead, the, the, the place where you die. And uh, I understand that you, know, you say, well, to be uh, absent from the body is present with the Lord. I understand all that. I'm just saying that right here and right now, this is the land of the living. And David says, while I'm here, while I'm on this earth, he says, I'm going to walk before the Lord in the land of the living. David determined to live as though God were watching him. Guess what? He is watching. He does see. He does know. Uh, he is aware. And we ought to live every day in the presence of the Lord because he sees. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. David wrote in Psalm 27, he said, the, I, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, friend, I want to tell you tonight, and if you've, if you've come to this church for any length of time, you know this has been preached. But I believe that heaven is, I believe heaven is no pain, no sickness, no sorrow, no death, no tears, nothing negative in heaven. I understand that, and I believe that's the greatest blessing for the child of God. But I want to say this. I'm not waiting until I get to heaven to experience God's blessing. God's blessing me now. And God's blessed you now. And God has poured out his blessings upon us. And don't go through life uh, with the martyr mentality. Oh, everything's so bad. 
Everything's so terrible. I don't know how we're going to make it. I'll tell you how you're going to make it. You got the word of God. I'll tell you how you're going to make it. You've got the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You've got the power of prayer. You've been given a local church where you can come and you can assemble and you can exhort one another. I want to tell you, God blesses not just in heaven, but God blesses here. And now, don't miss God's blessings in the land of the living. Psalm 142, verse 5, David says, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. You know what David said in Psalm 142? He said exactly what Brother Bobby just sang about. He said, God, you're all I need. You are my portion. You're all I need. You're all I want. You're all that it's going to take to get me through this life. And I'm hanging on to you. You are my portion in the land of the living. Verse number 10, the psalmist writes, I believe, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. The psalmist writes about his faith in God, and and I believe faith kept David going, even through affliction. You know what's going to keep you going through the affliction? Faith, trusting God, believing that God is able, uh, believing that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think, having faith in God. That's how you're going to get through. Verse number 11, David said, in my haste, all men are liars. Now, that was a statement that was made in haste, but it is true. Every one of us, you know what we are? We're liars. And I'll prove it to you. How many of you have never lied? (laughs) And if you raise your hand, you just did, right? We're we're all sinners. We're we're all a bunch of, uh, of sinners. And don't ever think you're too good. Don't ever think that God had to use a lot of grace on somebody else, but you just need a little bit. No, you and I needed a whole lot of grace. Uh, we needed salvation because we were lost and we were undone and we were in this world without God and without hope. The psalmist writes and says, all men are liars. And I think that's a statement that really is true. But it's a reminder that your faith cannot be in man. Your faith and my faith must be in God. You know why? Because God has never lied. Because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is is, is one who is true and he is faithful. You can count on what he says. Verse 12, I love this. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? You almost want to say to the psalmist, which I believe is probably David. It doesn't say for sure that it is, but probably David. But you want to say, wait a minute. What was verse 11 all about? It was almost like, hey, all men are liars. But then he shifts gears and he says, but I want to talk about all the good things God has done. And friend, I want to tell you, that's a good mentality to have this week is not to focus on all the lies people have told you. Don't focus on all the attacks. Don't focus on all the negatives. Don't focus on all the criticisms. Don't focus on all the bad stuff going on because of people. Focus on all the good stuff going on because of God. And God is good. And what shall I render? What can I do for the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I'll tell you what you can do. You can love him and serve him and live for him. Tell others about him and you can just give God your life and give God your best. I like that word benefits. That word benefits is found three times in the Bible. It's found in Psalm 68 and the Bible says that God daily loadeth us with benefits. 
Boy, we serve a good God. It's not once a week. It's not once a month. It's not once a year. It's daily. God pours out his blessings upon us and he loads us with benefits. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Friend, don't forget God's benefits. Don't forget God's blessings. Don't forget all the good things that God has done. Verse 13, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. The cup of salvation. Now, I don't mean to put thoughts in your mind, but if I had a cup up here, if I had a cup with your favorite drink, for some of you, it would be sweet tea. For some of you, it would be Dr. Pepper. For some of you, it would be coffee. I knew, I knew somebody. I knew the Holy Spirit was going to lead somebody to say coffee. Maybe it's, you're saying, you know, Pastor, now that you mentioned it, I just would like a glass of water. That's what I would like. But you know what I do when I have a, 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 a cup with my favorite beverage in it? I drink it. Isn't that, isn't that a novel idea? Some of you have just, you've, your mind has just been blown tonight. Oh, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what we all do, right? And you know, the psalmist says, I've been given the cup of salvation. You know what you ought to do? You ought to drink it. You ought to enjoy it. You ought to soak it up. You ought to, you ought to savor every taste. You ought to be refreshed with the fact that Jesus Christ, he drank the cup of the wrath of God so that you could drink the cup of God's salvation. Hallelujah. The cup of salvation. And the psalmist says, I will call upon the name of the Lord. I'm going to worship God because of what he has done for me. I love what David says in uh, the Psalms. He says, uh, my cup runneth over. You know how good God's been? He doesn't give you the glass half full or half empty. He gives you the glass running over. Don't you love that? Here we are talking again about coffee. But don't you love it when that coffee is, is complete and it's, it's up to the top? You know what that means? That means it's going to last a little bit longer, right? That means you might be able to get a little more work done. That means you might be able to stay awake in church a little bit longer if that cup is all the way to the top. And I want to tell you this, when God fills your cup, he doesn't give it to you halfway. Your cup will be running over. You'll say, God's been so good, I just, I can't even believe it. I can't even, I can't even, I can't receive it all. It's like God has opened the windows of heaven and he has poured out a blessing that I cannot even contain it. I cannot even receive it. Verse number 14 I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. When you make a vow to God, the time to pay that vow is now. If you don't pay the vow now, you may never pay that vow. Have you ever had something that you said, I will eventually do that, and you're still waiting for eventually to come? Have you ever had something say, one of these days, this is going to get done? We, have all, we all have, right? And here we are years later. But when you make a promise to God, carry out that promise. Do what you've said you will do. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, it's better not to even, it's better to not even vow at all than to vow and then not to pay. Keep your promises. Keep the vows that you make unto the Lord. Do it now. Verse 15. 
precious. The word number seven is the land of the living. Number eight is liars. In verse 11, number nine, the word is loss. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. When a, a, a child of God dies, we always say it is our loss, but it is heaven's gain. God's people will not live forever, but they will not die too soon. Did you know that God's got it all under control? I was speaking a few weeks ago, I was speaking with a pastor friend of mine. He's about the age of, of my parents and a dear friend, a, a good man. And uh, we were talking about uh, someone that we both know who uh, recently uh, took their own life. And, um, you know, it's such a sad thing. And, and everybody in this room has been or will be affected at some point by a friend or a loved one or a, a co-worker or somebody that takes their life. First of all, I want to go on record as saying this, that I believe that that happens and that can happen to saved people. Did you know that children of God make mistakes? God's people do things that they regret or would later wish they had not done. And I was talking to this pastor friend of mine and about this person we both knew and we both had loved. And he said this, he said, Jeremy, he said, years ago, he said, I had a, 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 a man in our church that passed away like this, like this similar situation. And he said, I got a, I got a message, a text message. He said, this was years ago. And he said, I was shocked to get it. But he said, I got a text message from Billy Graham. And he said, at first I thought it was some kind of a joke or whatever, but he said, no, it was from Billy Graham himself. He said, he had, this man who had, had died, who had taken his life, had been a, a, a personal friend of Billy Graham and his family, and this was years ago. But he said, I got this text message from Billy Graham, and of course he offered his condolences to the family and said that he was praying for the family. But he said, he gave me something that I could, could read at the, at the funeral of this person who was a friend, a personal friend. And here's what he said, and this, this helped me. I wrote it down after uh, my friend told me this, and he said this. He said, in this case, he said, God did not call him home, but he welcomed him with open arms. And when a saved person, when they take their life, that is not God calling them home. That is not the way that God intended for it. And although God doesn't call people home that way, God still welcomes his children with open arms. And I want to say this. It is precious in the sight of the Lord for the death of his saints. I look around this room and I think about those who've lost loved ones to heart attacks, those who've lost loved ones to cancer, those who've lost loved ones to accidents, those who've lost loved ones to many, many different situations. And I want to tell you this, God says it is precious in his sight. And don't ever forget that for a child of God, to leave this earth is to enter the presence of God, their heavenly father. Yes, they're leaving a family down here. And they might be leaving an earthly father, an earthly mother, or they may be leaving an earthly son or an earthly daughter, but they are being united with a heavenly father. Amen. And praise God for this reminder in Psalm 
116, verse number 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Verse number 16, O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I love this. The psalmist says, and, and I'll give you the, the outline number 10 is liberty. He said, I've been set free. My bonds have been loosed. But notice what he says. But he says, but Lord, I am your servant. And that is an excellent picture of what the Christian life is all about. When you get saved, you get set free from the chains of sin. But you and I have the privilege to become a servant of God. Write this down if you would and maybe look at it later. I won't, look, I won't read the text tonight, but Exodus 21. It talks about in the Old Testament how that when a servant was set free, they could make the decision to go back and to serve their master. And you know why servants would make that decision? Because they loved their master. They wanted to commit themselves to that master for the rest of their lives, and it was their choice. And friend, you don't have to serve God. You're not forced to serve God, and I'm not forced to serve God. We get to choose to serve God. Verse 17, the psalmist says, I will offer unto God the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I hope we're thankful tonight. I hope we're grateful. I hope that we recognize all that God has done. The psalmist writes in verse 2, verse 4, verse 13, verse 17, he says, I'm going to call upon the Lord. Hey, don't let it be a long time between phone calls. Don't let it be a long time till you call on the Lord. Make it a habit every day, many times throughout the day, that you call on the Lord and talk to Him. Verse number 18, again, I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all His people. This verse, I believe, is repeated for emphasis. Maybe tonight there is something that you have promised God and you have not carried out or you have not performed that vow. Can I tell you, tonight would be a good night to say, Lord, I put it off, I procrastinated, I made excuses, but tonight I am going to do what I said I would do. Maybe it's reading your Bible. Maybe it's getting your prayer life back. Maybe it's being a soul winner, being a witness. Maybe it's tithing. Uh, maybe it's serving God. Maybe for some of you, you've been telling God, I'll get back in the choir, or I'll get back in the nursery, or, or I'll get back on a bus ride. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is you've told God you'll do, the Bible says to do it now. Don't put it off. In verse number 19, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise God. Ye the Lord. Number 11, I see the location. I love this. The psalmist is writing and he's talking about praising God. He's talking about giving God thanks. And he's talking about paying his vows. And he's, he's talking about all these great things. And he says, I want to do it. And I've got a certain place in mind. He said, I want to do it in the Lord's house. You know, I've made some decisions for the Lord that were not in church. And I hope you have too. But I'll tell you, some of the best decisions I've ever made were in God's house. Isn't it amazing what God does at church? Isn't it amazing what the Holy Spirit will do at church? Again, don't wait till next Sunday to do something for God. But boy, when you come next Sunday, I hope you come ready for God to work in this place, in this location, in His house. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. 
led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.